This is Instant Game Reaction, an immediate look back at the Colts' latest game. And trying to make an adjustment on the ball is Michael Pittman. He catches it, and he rumbles across the goal line. Touchdown, a 42-yard strike. Want to air it out downfield, down the far sideline, looking for Zay Jones, and it's intercepted by the Colts. Isaiah Rogers on the return. Gets off to Taylor. He's in. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Jonathan Taylor. Here's your host, J.J. Stankovitz from Colts.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of Colts Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. I'm J.J. Stankovitz, joined every week by Ring of Honor member Bill Brooks to break down the Colts' latest game. Bill, the Jeff Saturday era begins with a 25-20 win over the Las Vegas Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. Before we get into kind of the nitty-gritty details of this game and how the Colts won it, where are your impressions, Bill, of just the way the Colts on the field rallied after such a difficult week and, and, you know, having their head coach be replaced, Jeff Saturday coming in and having a new offensive play caller, what, you know, all those different things, all the change, Matt Ryan starting at quarterback, just the way that this team rallied and competed on Sunday, what stood out to you about that? Just what you said, they rallied and competed. Those guys went out there with uh, intentions of going out there, playing hard and, and playing to win the football game. But I really thought it all started with Jeff's first meeting with the team. It started back then. Wednesday Jeff, morning. Yep. Yes, Jeff being authentic. Jeff telling them who he was, uh, what type of person he was, showing the energy, and the guys buying into who Jeff was and, wh- and how Jeff came across to them. That, to me, is where it all started and just carried each day, probably got better and better and better, and the guys had a good week of practice. And then when you get to the game, the guys were ready to go out there and play, and Jeff did what he said he was going to do. He was pretty much just going to sit back, let the coaches do their job, mm-hmm. coach the players, let the coaches call the plays, and Parks Raiders did a great job. I know we'll talk about that yep. later. But he, he did a great job, but let those guys do and he just was going to oversee everything, and he did that, and the guys trusted him. And then that's what you saw the guys go out there and do. Play hard, trust their head coach, trust the other position coaches, and come out with a victory. The you know Talking to players after the game, Bill, in the locker room at Allegiant Stadium, I, I got the sense that a lot of them bought into what Saturday had to say. Because w- when, he, when he showed up this week, he didn't show up being like, this is all about me. This is, you know, I'm the guy. I'm the only one who can fix it. It was, I'm here. I understand these circumstances are difficult. You guys all really liked Frank Reich and really respected him as a man and as a coach. But I'm here to do whatever I can to make your jobs easier and whatever that looks like. And and Jonathan Taylor, I thought what he said after the game, I I asked him a question. How authentic is Jeff Saturday? And he kind of gets this big grin in his face. He's like, well, if you hadn't phrased the question like that, I would have said he's really authentic. (laughs) But he goes into it and he says, quote, I just feel like he's very authentic because he's a Colt. He'll be a Colt for life, and that's all he wants to do is have the Colts organization succeed. Players found Saturday to be such a genuine guy in terms of, yeah, he does really want me to do my job the best. He wants my coach to coach me. He doesn't want to step in and blow this whole thing up. He's going to step in and put his two cents in in certain places. But that approach to the week allowed these players to have kind of a sense of normalcy with the then added energy and juice that Jeff Saturday brought to practice. Exactly. And most players, I would say almost every player in the National Football League, they want a coach and coaches to do 
what they can do to put the player in the best position to be successful. And that's all a player wants. They want to be the best they can be. In order for that to happen, the coaches have to put them in the best position for them to be successful. And that's what Jeff was trying to tell them. I'm just going to put you guys in the best position to win, to uh, to be successful out there on the football field so we can enjoy what we do because it's hard out there going to practice every day. Your body's banged up. Uh, the game's so physical. And these guys went through a lot of the, say, the emotional toll, toil over this past mm-hmm. week, past couple of weeks. You know, you have, first of all, you have um, one of your players traded. Naheem Hines mm-hmm. gets traded. And then Marcus Brady is let go. Then Frank Reich's let go. And then Jeff Saturday comes in here. And then, uh, you know, all this is happening. And physically, yeah, the guys are, are, are beat up and banged up right now during this part of the season. But from an emotional standpoint, it's taken a toll on them. But the guys, hey, they were professionals. They fought through it. And they played well on Sunday against the Raiders out there in Las Vegas and came out with a win. So Jeff Saturday made two big decisions after arriving in Indianapolis. The first was tapping Parks Frazier to be the offensive play caller. We'll get into that. But I want to start with the decision to go back to Matt Ryan as a starting quarterback. The process went on Thursday. Matt Ryan participated in practice. It was the first time he participated since he had this, the right uh, shoulder injury in week seven. And Jeff Saturday said, I thought he threw the ball pretty well. But he went up to Matt Ryan and he challenged him. Hey, do it back to back. So at that point, Friday comes around. Matt Ryan goes out, has another good practice, and Jeff said, by Friday afternoon, I knew what I wanted to do. He's like, I still needed to talk to my coaches, but I, I knew they were going to be on board too. The Colts decide to go back to Matt Ryan as their starting quarterback. The The level of execution that this offense had with Matt Ryan as the quarterback, Parks Frazier as the play caller, in a week of turmoil to come out of this game. Matt Ryan, I thought he said it best after the game. He, he kind of just, you know, shook his head, and he looks around uh, the room, and he just goes, quote, the buy-in from all those guys, the way Jeff handled the week, it's just amazing to me to sit here Sunday evening after all that transpired Monday and Tuesday, and for me personally, Thursday and Friday, it's incredible to sit here at this point with a win. Bill, the execution on offense was, I think, probably the best we've seen all year. The Colts averaged seven yards per play. That is a season high. They only have two plays that lose yardage out of 57 in this game. What stood out about how the Colts got that execution to you, how they got to that point where they were able to be not only efficient but explosive on offense? The thing that stood out to me was it looked like the game plan was simple. Yep, They didn't do too many different things. They weren't going to try to go out and do something that the Raiders have not seen. They had a game plan. They knew what they wanted to do hey, these are the things that we do well, and this is what we're going to do. And they did that. They ran the ball. JT has, what, 22 attempts for 147 yards. Matt Ryan threw the ball extremely well, completed 75% of his passes, Mm -hmm. 21 for 28 for 222 yards and a TD. And, of course, he had that long run, uh, Matt Ryan. (laughs) We'll talk about that here in a bit because I want to break that one down. Um, But they played well. And uh, outside of the fumble by Kiki Kuti, they didn't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. They did what they needed to do. And then when you're talking about third down, we, we the week before they were 0 for 14. This week they were 6 for 11 on third down, which is about 55% to 54%. Mm-hmm. So they effect they effectively executed the offense, not perfectly, but they did as, about, did as close as possible uh, to getting perfect. So they did a good job out there. They played hard. And, you know, give credit 
to this offensive team saying, hey, these are things we're going to do. Matt Ryan got sacked once and give the offensive line credit. Now, we talk about the offensive line when they didn't play well and things they didn't do well. Give them credit. They gave Matt some protection. They opened up the holes for JT. They did their job, and they did a good job. And, and, and you can see when the Colts offense is re- able to run the football, able to control the football, they can move the ball downfield and be effective. And for the most part, they were about 50-50. Yep. Part, pass really good balance. And run. Very good balance. So Parks Frazier did an excellent job out there mixing it up on first and second down and also uh, running the ball effectively when he needed to. The you're Talking to players after the game, they all really praised what Parks is able to do just in getting in, getting into a rhythm mm-hmm. and then using that to keep the Raiders' defense off balance. That's something Kylan Granson talked about is that we knew we could – we, we had a better chance to execute because we knew they were off balance. They were the ones, the, de- the, the Raiders' defense, that was sort of on their heels. The Colts for so long this year have been on their heels as an offense. They've been in third and long. They've been in these negative situations where you, you get a first and 10, and then all of a sudden it's second and 12. Then the pass protection breaks down, and then something bad happens, a turnover, whatever it may be. That didn't really happen today. Again, the, the, the thing that I keep coming back to are those two negative plays out of 57. That's hard to do in an NFL game. Matt Ryan, one of those was a sack mm-hmm. where, it, you know, Parks Frazier said over the headset, he kind of started going, ah, you know, maybe. And Jeff Saturday cut him off and he said, Parks, you're calling a hell of a game. Don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt yourself. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the, for the offense just to keep rolling the way that they did, the two, two big factors in that. I think one was Matt Ryan, the decision-making he, he had in this game. There was not a single play where he put the ball in harm's way. He was accurate with his throws. He allowed his receivers to make plays after the catch, like Paris Campbell on the 35-yard touchdown that wound up being the game winner. But the pass protection bill was outstanding in this game. There, the the one sack came on that third and one. This is the yes. one where Parks, after it was, you know, maybe a little bit second guessing himself. Uh, they ran a play action on third and one, and you know Ryan doesn't get rid of the ball. I I haven't gone back and looked at the uh, the, the all 22 of it yet to see if he needed to get the ball out or whatever it may have been. Whatever it was, that sack took the Colts out of field. Took it didn't take them out of field range, but it lost 14 yards. Uh, Chase McLaughlin has the the ball go off the upright after that, but that was the only time. And it wasn't just that, Bill. Matt Ryan was only pressured on four of 30 dropbacks in this game, so he was kept clean. He didn't have to speed up his decision making because of the pressure. I think that was the thing that stood out. When you got a front that's got Max Crosby, that's got a guy in Chandler Jones who maybe has not been as productive this year, but has 105 career sacks. For Matt Ryan to be able to go through his progressions, to be able to know where to go with the football and feel comfortable, huge credit goes to all five of those guys up front. Bernard Ryman, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Will Fries, Braden Smith. They all did an outstanding job in this game blocking for Matt Ryan. Yes, they did. And you know, that's what that's what having a veteran presence at quarterback does for you. Someone that understands the offense, he's very comfortable in the offense, knows where he wants to go with the ball, can read defenses very quickly, and understand what needs to be done on that particular play uh, on that down and distance or that situation, and making sure that at this time he did protect the ball at all times. He did his job. So that's what you want from a veteran quarterback, and he was a leader. And, you know, Jeff said coming in here, he's going to put the best 11 out there, and that's what he did. That's why mm-hmm. Matt Ryan started. He thought These, this is the best 11 that's going to help us win football games. That was the best 11 out there against the Raiders to help them win a football game. It gives us the best chance to win. Yep. That's what Jeff Saturday yep. said. And 
something Jim Irsay said after the game about Matt Ryan. Quote, he's still got plenty when you protect him and you run the ball like we did. We saw what we're capable of doing. The, exactly. You, you talk about balance, Bill. Colts getting over 200 yards on the ground. Matt Ryan completing 75% of his passes. Um, but on, on 200 yards on the ground, though. Let's let's talk about it. 39 of those came on Matt Ryan. Not only the longest rush of his career, Matt Ryan on one play gained more rushing yards than he had gained in any game over his 15-year career. So this play, and Matt Ryan after the game, he talked about how impressed he was with Parks Frazier on this play, the, the play call. So it's third and three. It's in the fourth quarter. Colts are losing right now, 20 to 19. This is a huge play. You turn over possession here. Vegas can try to grind the clock out. You're kind of backed up into your own territory a little bit. I almost forgot in the moment how big a play this was because I was so enamored by watching Matt Ryan gallop down the field. So the Colts, they get man coverage with a single high safety, and they kind of flow flow a couple guys toward the near sideline. Matt Ryan immediately picks up, hey, this is man coverage. I don't have anyone open. They've got this play defended pretty well. You got a couple guys running stop routes, uh, you know, Michael Pittman, Ashton Doolin, and Paris Campbell, sort of in a line uh, from the middle of the field toward the near sideline. Kylan Granson's running a crosser. Yes. You've got uh, out wide here, or uh, Jonathan Taylor kind of comes out of the backfield on a little swing route. Yes. So that clears up the whole other side of the field. The Colts are on the hash mark to the near sideline. That clears up the whole other side of the field. Everyone flows one way. And Matt Ryan just says, all right, let's do it. I mean, you only need three yards. I think when he takes off, he's thinking, I just got to get three. Paris Campbell starts this by he just sort of stops his route, and that cuts off. The defender. It seals off a defender right here. Uh, The other, There are two guys on Paris. One of them doesn't pick it up because I don't think he thinks Matt's actually going to run with it. I think he's going to throw it back to Paris. Then Ashton Doolin, he's sprinting at – top speed to go over to the safety and block him out of the way. This is the best part of the play then. So Matt Ryan at this point, he's running 15 (laughs) yards downfield. Like chariots of fire is playing in the background and he, he cuts back instead of going out of bounds. I mean, I, 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 when I saw that, I was like, oh, my goodness, what is Matt doing? Because I thought, okay, he's got the first down. Let's get out of bounds and protect the ball. Then he cuts back, and I think, oh, my goodness, he picks up another 15 yards. He does. But it's <laughs> another 15 yards. And talking to players after the game, like Paris Campbell was like, yeah, when Matt took off, I was surprised. And then when he cut back, I was really surprised. Kylan Granson was like, I saw him cut back, and I go, oh, my God. Like, this is like the greatest running play these guys have ever seen. But Matt Ryan, he cuts back. You're right, Bill. He cuts back at about the 48. And then he gets tackled at about the 36. He gains like 12, 14 extra yards on this. It's incredible. And, you know, all jokes aside, this was one of the biggest plays of the game. By far. And it, it you don't have an explosive run like this, which this was an explosive run, without all 11 guys doing their job on the play. The blocking was good. The play call was really good. The determination of guys like Paris Campbell and Ashton Doolin on this play was really good. And then Matt Ryan cutting back. Do you remember, Bill, Peyton Manning, one of the longest runs of his career came against the Raiders, <laughs> where he's he takes off on a naked. Yes. And he, he gets down to, like, the three-yard line, and he senses there's a Raiders defender, like, four yards behind him, so he just slides before the goal line. Matt Ryan goes, and I'm cutting this thing back. I want to get my yards. <laughs> um, and, but, okay, so they get this play. And then, like, three plays later is the game-winning touchdown. 
Yes. Because again, this was, I can't emphasize this enough. This is third and three with 649 left in the game. The Colts are down by a possession. If this play doesn't happen and the Colts punt, they might not win this game. They might not. And, you know, a play like that, when you see a quarterback running downfield like that, getting those yards, pick them up first down, that energizes the team. Oh, that yeah. energizes not only the offense, but the defense as well, knowing that, hey, Matt's giving his all. Matt doesn't run the ball normally. He Most likely he's going to pass the ball. or If he does get the first down, he's going to slide and stop. Seeing the guys right look, there. Look, look at the sideline here. Look We're, at the sideline. Bill, Bill and I are rewatching the All-22 of this right exactly. now. And Unique Ngakwe is, like, jumping up and down on the sideline. Rodney McLeod, Zaire Franklin's, like – He's almost. He's, he's on the field. He's trying to. He was like, "Oh no, I'm a little too close to the field." But he's so fired up, like exactly. that. You're absolutely right, Bill. This fires up a team. That when this fires up the whole team, not just the offense, but the defense. Everyone's. They see Matt running like that because you know, they know Matt doesn't normally run the football. But he runs the football, cuts it back up, gets as many yards as he can to help the offense out. Now, but on this next, on this complete series of plays, though, the, the next play, though, unfortunately, we had a fumble, but right. we recovered the fumble, and then that's the big play. The Paris Campbell yep. scoring the touchdown. So. These three plays, those three plays were huge for the Indianapolis Colts during that time. And that run by Matt Ryan started it all off and gave the Colts a lot of energy to continue to go on and, score, of course, score the touchdown on that drive. The, I mean, the, then the touchdown to Paris, uh, just this catch and run. I, I remember I was talking to Paris a couple weeks ago, and he says when he gets the ball in his hands, he, is a, he just has a running back mentality. He's a former running back. This is, this is what he loves to do. And Paris was so good in this game. On, and he has been all year on those like tough routes between maybe six and ten yards beyond the line of scrimmage, where you got to grind out that yardage, and then all of a sudden Parrots gets a, he gets a chance to catch and run, and he just takes off. Exactly. And then he gets tough at the end of this. I mean, he gets hit, but there are three defenders around him at about the eleven yard line, and he just keeps going. Just keeps going, and he outruns those guys. Yep. He outruns them to the end zone, to the corner of the end zone. He did a nice job on the route, just coming and coming as flat as possible, mm-hmm. catching the ball. And then once he caught the ball, just get upfield as fast as you can, make as many yards as you can, tuck on, hold on to the ball, tuck it away, and then just go right there. Once he catches the ball, he's like, I'm not going to be stopped. And yep. there's four guys chasing him down. He got to the corner of the end zone, touchdown. Big play for the Colts. Big, big, big play for the Colts to give the Colts a, a lead. The other explosive play, just to, to wrap up the offense, Jonathan Taylor ripping off the 66-yard run. That was one of those where we hadn't quite seen that this year yet. There, you know, JT has been banged up all year. He he started. Remember, he had the turf toe back in September. Then he has the ankle. He's been in and out of the lineup, and the explosion through that hole where Braden Smith seals the front side, Ryan Kelly seals the back side, and he goes through that hole. And it was JT has had maybe a couple of matchups where he's been one-on-one against the safety and the safety's got him this year. Mm-hmm. Deron Harmon was not getting him in no. this game. That was, that was, and I, I made a comment during the game on the live blog on Colts.com. I was like, Jonathan Taylor looks explosive today. That was as explosive as we've probably seen him since week one. And I just had the feel, I, I didn't say it, but I had the feeling in the back of my head, yeah, I think he's going to break one today. And there it was. There it was. Nice, nice, nice run for JT. And, you know, unfortunately, JT's been banged up and, nicked up with the ankle injury and when you have an ankle injury especially at the running back position wide receiver defensive back the positions where you have to run and make a lot of cuts and stop and go again it's very difficult to heal during the season because you're mm-hmm. always going to get nicked up and especially with JT being in a pile sometimes people falling on him falling on his ankles things like that so it's taken a while for him to get back healthy again and it showed right there on that run that nice long run where 
Guy was closing on him, but he could not catch JT. JT had a, a beeline for that goal line and nice, long 66-yard run. So t- talk a little bit about the defense. Um, you know, they, they felt like there were some things they, they wanted back. Obviously, that 48-yard touchdown to Devontae Adams is one that they really wanted back. Um, but it comes down to the end of the game. And I, I thought the way that that game ended was such a, a huge growth point for this defense because what has been the one play that it seems like the Colts have not been able to stop over the last couple of years? Seam balls to tight ends. That's exactly what Las Vegas goes to on third and seven near the goal line, a seam ball to Foster Moreau, and Bobby Okereke is in great coverage. He sees he, He's following Moreau's eyes, um, and he sees – Moreau, you know, okay, his eyes are going up, flashes his hands, and then Bobby said all I was doing was just getting hands up there, swats it away. Um, Real quick, Bill, a common misconception and something that I'm sure you can speak on probably better than I can, but something that I hate when I'm watching football is people saying, get your head around to a defender. Get your head around. Get your head around. It's not – Bobby Okereke is looking at Foster Moreau's eyes. If he gets his head around, that's a touchdown, by the way. And – he he follows his eyes. He gets his hand in there, and I mean, it wasn't that he just swatted the ball away. He like spiked it to the ground like it was a volleyball. Uh, just a, a really fantastic play. Great technique. Great discipline in such a key moment by Bobby Okereke. Yes, I, I, to me, you know, people talk about the Stephon Gilmore play with Adams, which was a big play. Don't get me wrong, but to me, the biggest play was Bobby Okereke's breakup of that pass to Moreau in the end zone there, and Bobby Okereke played it very well. He's looking at the receiver's eyes, looking at his body, looking at the hands also. So he's in his peripheral vision. He can see his eyes and he can see his hands. So when his hands go up and he sees his eyes, and more than likely what you try to do, <laughs> you try not to do as a wide receiver, you don't want your eyes to get big. You just mm-hmm. want to keep your eyes at the same level. But it's very difficult to do. But once he gets his hands up, Bobby Okereke puts his hands in there and knocks the ball away. I thought it was perfect technique by Bobby. Great job. Great play. Big play for the Colts during that time, of course, because if they score, they go up. And yep. they're winning the game when uh, on a few minutes, a few seconds left in the game. And you know what? That was a big play. To me, that was a bigger play than Stephon Gilmore's play. Yeah. And and the other thing on this, the, you know, it may not look like it when you, you just kind of watch it back. But before the play, you know, the Raiders challenged the Colts in their communication here where Zaire Franklin and Bobby Okereke, one of them is picking up the tight end, one yes. of them's picking up Jacobs out of the backfield. So Okereke and Franklin had a little conversation before, of like, all right, here's what we're going to do on that. These are two guys who have played together now. While they maybe haven't been on the field together a lot, they know each other. Their lockers are right next to each other in the Colts locker room. They know how to communicate with each other. Really good communication. Franklin picks up the running back. Okereke carries Moreau on the seam ball. And, you know, Carr makes a good throw. Franklin just makes a better play, and and that's what it came down to there. Exactly, and those guys are playing well, and they know each other, and that's why we talk about communication so important, not just on defense but on offense and all all the units, special teams as well. You have to communicate with one another knowing what everyone is doing because if you don't communicate, usually something's going to break down. This is a, a, a great case study to showing, hey, if you communicate, you can make big plays. And Bobby made a big play by Bobby and Zaire communicating to one another and making sure they took the guys that they need to take in their respective area, in their respective responsibilities out there in the football field. And Bobby makes a nice play to prevent a touchdown. So the Stephon Gilmore uh, play at the end of the game that seals the Colts' win 
couple things about this play, Bill. The first thing I love, during during this whole game, the Raiders had been motioning Adams around, Devontae Adams around. Mm-hmm. They got him lined up on Bobby Okereke a bunch, and that is not a matchup that any linebacker in the NFL, I don't care if you are – he doesn't you know, want that. <laughs> if you're if you're a combination of Brian Urlacher and you know like I'm just gonna name Bears linebackers because that's where I'm from. I was gonna say Brian Urlacher <laughs> and Dick, but I don't care if you are like what, whatever linebacker you are, you're not covering Devontae Adams. No, most cornerbacks can't cover Devontae Adams, but they just say, all right, you're lining up, you know, far side of the field to the boundary, one on one on Gilmore, who's playing you press, and let's go, good on good here. So. That's the first part of it. The second part of it, Bill, which w- when I watched it back, I because I'm only watching Adams on this play. I'm going to be honest. When I was mm-hmm. in the press box, I was only watching it. I was like, everyone knows that everyone in the stadium knows where the well, ball is you, going. Your eyes were at the right place because you know that's where he was going. With the ball. How about this play call? Gus Bradley sends a blitz. He sends Bobby Okereke and Zaire Franklin blitz from depth. This is a six-man pressure right here. And Okereke, he gets up in on uh, Colton Miller here. Who and and Derek Carr kind of he he drifts back. He gets to his spot and then he takes a couple steps back. When Carr is to let this ball go, look at it, look at where his hips are, Bill. He's basically parallel with the the line. He's not stepping into this throw. It's sort of fluttering up there. You know, it's it's on target, I guess, it's to Devontae target, Adams. Yeah. But it's not. I'm sure that is not what the the Raiders wanted. Great call by Gus Bradley here. Sending that bit of pressure, knowing this ball's going to Devontae Adams and we're doing one-on-one coverage, we don't need to do anything else. Let's just try to get him a little bit thrown off. And I think this blitz got him a little bit thrown off. The way he kind of has to sling it and flick it, you know, this ball travels from the 25-yard line to the back corner of the end zone. This travels about 30 yards in the air. Mm-hmm. And then Gilmore, the coverage on this play by Stefan. I mean, he's, he's won the Colts three games this year. Just tight coverage. He uses the uh, uses out of bounds as a defender, yes. the sideline as a defender, which is good. That's what he's supposed to do. And balls incomplete. Balls incomplete. And give Gus credit for being aggressive there. Yeah. Fourth down, knowing that hey, they they could still get a first down if they want to. Right. They could get a first down and they, and have some more. Uh, I think they had another timeout, so they could use the timeout and then have some more plays to try to get a touchdown there. But Gus went after him, made. Car rush. He wasn't ready to throw the ball. He didn't want to throw the ball that early. Couldn't set his feet, and then throws the ball out a little further than probably what he wanted. It makes a tough. It makes a. It would have made a tough catch for uh, Devonte Adams, even though he's one of the best receivers in the National Football League. But give Gus credit for being aggressive, and give Stephon Gilmore uh, credit for doing his job. And you know what? I, I kind of wonder at times. And I know Devonte Adams is good. I don't know Devonte Adams is one of the best receivers in the National Football League, but. You know what? Stephon Gilmore is pretty good. Yeah, he's he. You know, over this over this season, he stepped up when he needed to step up to make some plays. And I I don't know why I I don't know if I would want to challenge Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. I I I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm a big Devonta Adams fan. So I think he's one of the best receivers in the National Football League. But ooh, Stephon Gilmore. I don't know. <laughs> it's great for the fans to see that one of the best defensive backs, one of the best receivers going going against each other. It's great, but. I don't know. Maybe if I was an offensive coordinator, I think I might have went somewhere else with that ball. This is probably where the Raiders missed Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller in this game. Ding, 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 Because, ding. again, agree. everyone knew where the ball's going. It's fourth and seven with the game on the line. The ball is going to Devontae Adams. I think that allows Gus Bradley to say, we can get aggressive and uh, you know run almost a zero blitz here because this ball's going to Devontae. 
And if if Renfro and Waller were on the field, or even if one of those guys was on the field and not injured, that might change Gus's play call. Where in the back of your mind, you're thinking he might, you know, we saw what he did with us with Renfro last year yes. in a big spot. Um, that might be, you might be thinking about that in the back of your head, and maybe you don't get as aggressive with your play call. A lot of things led to this, but I mean, you know, for, maybe another thing, I, I, I might have thought I'd, I'd go to Jacobs for just get a first down. Yeah. Get a first down, and then, you know, if we have, well, what, four, how was fourth and seven, I think it was? Yep. Try to get seven yards for a first down, and then you know you have some time. Still have some time left. You have a timeout maybe, and run the play or, or clock it, and go from there. But then think about this: if if the Raiders got down in this situation with two plays to win the game, and they don't throw the ball to Devontae Adams on either, yeah, I mean, he's he, Josh McDaniels <laughs> was would get would have got crucified. They, yes, <laughs> those boos were loud yes. yesterday at Allegiant Stadium. They they were pretty loud after this play too, but at least they went to. The guy they traded some draft picks yes. for and paid a lot of money. All right, Bill, just to wrap it up here, Colts win Jeff Saturday's debut as interim head coach. They execute well. They make plays at the end of the game. They win the physical battle. That's something we you know I, we should mention here, too, that the, the Colts were the more physical team, which is a, a really, really good thing to see. What does – when you have an interim head coach and you come out and you win that first game and you get that, that boost, that jolt of the new guy – how do you sustain that over the course of now seven more games this season? Well, you sustain it by executing. Just go out there and execute it now and picking up from last week, going into this week, saying, hey, we came in here with energy going into the game against the Raiders. We have to still have that energy going into the week of practice right now against the Philadelphia Eagles. We have to get ready for Philadelphia, uh, rest up, heal up, but come ready to play come ready to practice on Wednesday and bring the same energy, and you have to do it. That's why the NFL is so tough because if you want to be successful, you have to bring that energy each and every week, each and every game because other teams are doing the same thing. They're trying to bring that energy. They're trying to, to win games. Philadelphia Eagles are a good football team. So going into this week, you know, you rest up. Guys that are banged up, hopefully Quiddy Pay will be healthy mm-hmm. and don't know what the extent of uh, him being dinged up is, but – Coming ready to play, knowing that we're playing one of the better teams in the National Football League, and let's bring that energy and let's and let's execute like we did against the Raiders, and then that's how you sustain that high energy week in and week out. All right, well, Bill and I will be back following that Colton Eagles game next Sunday. We will have a podcast dropping for you guys on Sunday night. Before that, though, Colts Roundtable Live is out later on Monday. That will be with Jeff Saturday breaking down the Colts and Raiders game from week 10. On Tuesday, the official Colts podcast is back. We'll be talking about Colts and Raiders, looking ahead to Colts and Eagles, and a lot about the week that was last week. Inside Football with Rick Venturi is back on Wednesday with blueprints to beat the Eagles. Know Your Foe with Bill Brooks and Casey Vallier will be back on Thursday, talking to a reporter from Philadelphia about this game. On Friday, Colts Happy Hour with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. And then, of course, Sunday night, we'll be back with another episode of Instant Reaction here on the Colts Audio Network. Anyways, for Bill Brooks, I'm J.J. Stankovitz. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next Sunday night.